With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Post Match Raw. It's another cup final. It's another nil-nil against Chelsea. It's another penalty shootout. And it's another win for Liverpool. We've done it. We've got two trophies in the bag. Two out of four? Question mark. We'll see about that. Hopefully two out of three at the very least. But here we are. I am joined by, firstly, Trev, who... It means I'm allowed to call it post-match raw. How are you doing, Trev? I'm great, man. I'm great. Looking forward to uh, um, coasting on your coattails today and uh, talking about another Reds win. It's it's a hell of a time to be alive. It is. I've already screwed up the start, so Trev's here to keep me in line. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, we also have Stephen with us, who is just, he's just the go-to guy when you need a win in a penalty shootout. Currently recovering from my second live show final of penalties. That was that was horrible. And we also had the Arsenal game, which we deduced as well, which was not great in itself. But yeah, Stephen and I are hundred percent for penalty shootouts this season. So that's what it is. So if the Champions League is going to penalties, it may be me and Stephen. So you'll see us there. But lads, I. I don't even want to go into the starting eleven stuff because this game was mental. Our team was as expected. Their team was basically as expected, apart from Havertz wasn't there for some reason, so who cares? But Trev, I mean, the start to this game, it feels like it was just it was it was almost reminiscent of the Man City semi-final where we just started on fire. Diaz had a chance uh, to cross, and I think it ended up being a deflected pass. Uh, towards Thiago, Moore had a header, then Diaz had another cross again. At then, the move that would have just been the most lovely of cup goal, the, the Ali outside the boot pass, the Trent outside the boot pass, but we started like a house on fire. I mean, we should have been probably at least one or two nil up in that fact, but we started so quickly, Trev. Yeah, the tempo was fantastic. The intent was fantastic. We were a little bit just blunt at the end of it, which has been the story of um, uh, a, a lot of games recently that were just squeaking through. Um, this one, we didn't um, in the duration manage to get the ball over the line in regulation time, but the start was great. 
particularly Diaz, he was fantastic, taking on Chalaba a lot, um, causing a bit of chaos on that side. Yeah, exactly, you're right, Thiago nearly got in. Um, Mo has a header over. Actually, there was a, a blocked effort from Mo Salah as well in six minutes and mm-hmm. a pullback from Diaz. I remember that one. I, I, it misses the first man and then Mo's the second man. I don't know if, if it was Sadio first. Um, Sadio had done some good work in the build-up to that. And look, I mean, that move you're talking about, they are two of the nicest passes you'll ever see. Ali's pass out to the flank is absolutely outrageous. That's two Diaz. And then Trent's ball is absolutely world-class with the outside of the foot. Um, and, you know, the there was a follow-on shot from Naby Keita, which... I found myself a little bit annoyed with because it, it, it needed a little bit more concentration in the execution and yeah. it could have been it could have been a little bit uh, different. I think then they go down, they, Silva goes down injured for a couple of minutes after eight minutes, guy, just to kind of get give them a breather because we yeah. have them choked. Like it's 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 almost bullying at that point. It really is. And Stephen, I'll stick with you on that on that move with the outside, all the outside of the boot passes. And from now on, we have to do rename Trent to Trent who can't defend Alexander-Arnold, obviously, because that was the narrative going into this game, because every time you play Reese James, it's Trent who can't defend. Weird how that worked out. Um, but, uh, Stephen, that, that move was fantastic, and that really was almost the story of the entire, maybe not the entire first half, but certainly the first 20 minutes and then maybe the end of the first half as well. Just lovely play, but maybe just the lack of finish. But that move was just lovely. Yeah, at that moment, I was convinced we were going to tear them to pieces. Like we were just cutting through them, uh, just ball after ball. And a few minutes after that, Thiago did an absolutely disgusting flick, which didn't come off. But we were just playing with them, weren't we? Just the first time passes, the movement, but just the fight, the final shot and the final attempt on goal wasn't quite there. And I just they all they I, I don't know they all just look a bit rusty, but. I just thought Kato was brilliant. I was like, it, it just looked like he was, I don't know, like half a second off scoring over and over and over again. Um, but Diaz and Trent today were ridiculous. Like everything good seemed to involve at least one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely did. Absolutely did. I mean, I was going to bring Naby up because he, he had like the weirdest game. <laughs> Do you know when he first signed, everyone compared, well, lazy pundits compared him to Kante and stuff like that, and everyone who's seen him at Leipzig was like, no, he's not. But I, it almost felt like his his performance today was almost Kante-ish, and this is probably doing Kante a disservice at his, at his maximum here, Trev, but Naby was a bit crap on the ball, I think it's fair to say, but off the ball, he was literally, well, I'll, I'll just say Kante-ish, but he was just bloody everywhere in the, in the tackle, it, it just tracking runners I, I thought he was excellent off the ball but on it he, he was a bit as you say a bit um un what's the word i'm looking for i don't know that shot kind of summed it up yeah it would, exactly there was there was something just a little bit off um in the entirety of was the word i was looking for well we'll go with that uncomposed yeah. kind of kind of sums it up nicely and you know I, I'll have to say, right, watching that the uh, cameo appearance from Kante today, the guy is absolutely unbelievable as a footballer. I mean, holy shit. He's just remarkable. I've always I've always thought he's he might be peerless in many ways, Kante. Um 
cater today it was a bit of a curate's egg of a performance for me there were things to like and they weren't like you alluded to the most um obvious typical things um and there were things that you kind of found yourself a little bit frustrated by um but overall i thought it was a decent outing from him and obviously i know you didn't want to go into the into the team lineups but there would have been a little bit of a um a question in Jurgen's head about where he was going to go or how he was going to go but it would have been a very little question because the three lads that are available are three of our four best. I don't think there's much in the argument there. And so that was always going to be the starting three if Jürgen's going for this. The big questions arose across the front line. Uh, and sadly, we'll get onto it. Mo answered one of those for us a little bit uh, later on by um, forcing a change. And then, of course, Ibu Kanate, who we should acknowledge gets in ahead of Joel Matip today. He wasn't required in that opening sequence. The guy when he was over the course of this game, um, you have to say Jurgen gets that one right as well, as he does with the decision. And I hope it's a decision as opposed to a forced decision to uh, swap in Joel for Verge later on. I'm dreading this show for one reason, which is the breaking news fucking reason. But everyone seems quite happy, so we'll go with that. I mean, Virg looked like he was falling asleep on the bench. I think he was just wrecked. Well, on, I've just got a thing on Virgil. Someone just put it in one of my WhatsApp groups. <clears throat> uh, he said himself, we're going to check it out. I felt in the first half when I sprinted. I felt a twinge between my knee. I played on in the end. I can't risk it for the team, and I need to trust Joel. Hopefully it will be fine. So... Eh? Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not 100% happy with that, are you? I, I'm all right with him not playing uh, Southampton and Wolves now. I, yeah, we need him for the Champions League, even if it is a minor thing. Put him in cryo freeze till we go to Paris. That's basically what that is with Virgil van Dijk now. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've kind of pretty much got the net well until we get to the Mo injury. But yeah, it's been a strange one. Um, but I mean, basically after that, Diaz chance. I mean, the, my note here is basically the domination continues. There's other half chances in there and just that. Then we have the Lukaku handball incident, um, which was their first probably foray forward. Um, Tiago does a stupid tackle. But then that's pretty much it for two mins. And then Stephen Mane robs the ball off on the right-hand side, puts a cross in. Hendo does a nice pass towards Mane um, from about the halfway line, and Mendy does a nice job uh, heading it away. Um, I've put Rob or Matt, which I imagine is Rob or Mate. I think I can't remember what that is. It might have been one of his misses, but we'll come to them. Um, a, there was like a ball over the top from Robbo to Mo, which didn't come off. Yeah, but it's also yeah. probably it's probably the shot in twenty minutes where he carried the ball a good distance yes, and, and, and then bangs one over the top from distance. It's a bit of a wild effort, but actually, you know, good football from him in the build up. It was. And it wasn't his worst miss of the day. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Uh but yeah, Stephen, I this is basically up to about the twenty minute mark. And yeah, twenty minutes of domination, but we saw little bits and bobs there of how Chelsea would get back into it. I mean, Lukaku, who's had obviously the dreadful season, which by his own standard, I'm sure he'd say would be dreadful as well. But he had that handball situation where he did get his back to play, and that's how he liked to bring people in. 
And Christian Pulisic continues to be the weirdest player in the world against us. He always looks excellent, but never scores against us. Yeah, and to be fair, I, I all of the chances I've got down, I don't think at any point I was actually worried about him scoring. Because Ali is just so, so, so good at the moment. And like Verge, Ibu, I've got loads of notes about Trent nicking balls in the boxes. The defence was so good that even when Pulisic got in behind and like Lukaku was a waste of time today, but when the, when the ball went to him, at no point was I worried about them actually hitting the target. And if they hit the target, I wasn't worried about them beating Ali. Um, even when they were getting chances, I was like, oh God, this is about to go to penalties. And that was in the 20th minute. And that was my own fault for thinking that. <laughs> But I was just sat there going, no, this is going to be another one of those with Guy later. Um, but after, yeah, after the, um, I've got a note on 20 minutes of Pulisic from a Mount Cross. I, I mean, he, look, he, 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 he seems weird. Um, then he has another attempt, which Evie blocks. Evie was just mental today, wasn't he? He was. I mean... We might, we'll focus on him now, now because I thought when Virgil went off, it's kind of where he stood up a bit more. But Trev, you, you kind of brought him up there. But let, let's focus on Ibu for a minute there because we didn't know. But if Van Dyke wasn't 100% through most of that game, if he said it was in the first half there, that's a lad who, how old is he? He must be 21, 22. I think he's 22, isn't he? But he's a 35-odd mil signing from Leipzig. It's not like we've gone out and signed, I don't know, who Chelsea... Did Chelsea were linked with 80 mil centre-backs in the summer. United got Varane, for example. This is a 35 mil prospect that we got in the summer. And just look at the progress he's made this season. Because I didn't see loads of him at Leipzig. I've seen the odd game in the Champions League against us and Man United. That's about it. And, I mean, it's looking like another bargain of the century because 35 mil is pretty much a bargain in today's market. Yeah. There's so much to like about Ibu Kanati and you know, you're right. There has been progress, but the thing about it was he was immediately brilliant and uh, you could immediately see what was going to be good about him. And now when he's in the team, we have that added threat as well from set pieces uh, that he brings. Cause with the best will in the world, I love Joel Matip. Um, and I'll never ever wince or feel put out if he's starting a football match. To the extent that I was even thinking, oh, if we have to go into the big game at the end of the year with um, Ibu and Joel, that's not the worst scenario in the world ever. Obviously, it's not ideal, but that's how highly I rate Matip. But he is a bit of a 50p head when it comes to uh, set pieces, you know, um, and heading stuff from set pieces. Um, and Virgil has a decent record, but, you know, again, for a lad who's so dominant, you'd want to see him getting more. So Ibu adds that. But if we're being honest, all we want from him is good defensive qualities. He's got the recovery pace, but he also reads the game well. And he has a different thing to what Joel has. Joel can play the ball into feet really well, as can Virgil. Virgil can do his diags as well. He's famous for them. Ibu, however, can also hit a pass into feet really well. And what I love about him is another defensive trait of his, is just the fact that he makes most players that he's up against look like little lads who are trying to take on their big brother in a challenge. They might get a little bit of a moment where they're like, oh, oh, I'm nearly around you, but eventually Ibu will just go, off you go, lad. Bag and play with your own age group because he has that Virgil thing there going on in terms of it's not just a physical dominance it's a kind of a will it's a will to win a challenge and you cannot 
buy that guy. You, you're talking about the, the, the transfer fees. You can't buy that shit. That is absolutely, it, it's just given to lads. The, the, and, and, and all I love about him is all, you could put that down to arrogance, but he actually seems to be the, the most humble of men. And he loves being a red guy. He fucking loves it. He's loved it from minute one. You can see him there. He's he had such he was having such a mad buzz with his with his medal there, uh, waiting for Hendo to lift a trophy. I, I I can't say enough good things about him. I think he's absolutely on track to be world class, and currently he is really really top class European Champions League standard footballer, for sure. Yeah, I I don't think I'd trade him for any young ish centre back in the world. No, it it. it it's astounding because I someone put in the chat there. He he was seen as second behind Upamecano at Leipzig as well. <laughs> True, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds What's me of that, when Nesta went to Milan. Like the Milan defense was phenomenal, and Nesta turned up and was an instant colossus. And as you said, looked like a Champions League player from day one. And Ibu's the same, right? Van Dijk is the best centre half in the world. Trent's the best right back. Robbo's one of the best left backs. Matip is phenomenal. And he's come into the, that set of players and not only looks out of place, looks like he could hit any of their level the way he's going. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good comparison, man, because when you think about it, you're so right. Like they had so many super players back then, Maldini and Baresi and all those guys, Costa Curta. And you're right. Yeah, it's it's a similar level of, of, of a bunch that he's trying to break into. And he, you're right. He just he, he's he's there. He's effortlessly there from the start. It's the composure. It's that you, you don't hear anything from Ibu apart from when he does something well. And more often than not, when Chelsea players were losing the ball, it wasn't the commentators that even feel the need to talk about him, right? They were talking about Chelsea losing the ball because they were running into a dead end. And it's the recovery pace. It's the just knowing when to stand off the forward and just the good positioning. Um, he was just he was really good today. And I just thought him and Trent as a combination, one dropping back, one Trent's quite often staying high because he just had complete confidence in Ibu and Ali behind him. I just thought they they played in tandem so well today. And it was, to me, like that Cafu and Esther, you're not getting past us, we're going to hit you and keep on going kind of game. And, you know, I wasn't trying to be an arrogant fan. I just never felt like when they got behind us, they'd actually score. I always felt like Ibu or Van Dijk or Ali were just up, up to the challenge today. When Matic came on, it was like bringing on a Rolls Royce tonight. He was just instantly ridiculous, wasn't he? He is immense. He is. Yeah, immense. I mean, I almost said we have basically we have one the best centre back in the world, and then two probably if you're being if you're being overly vague, top twenty five centre backs. But that's being that's doing a disservice to Joe Gomez as well. We have four, three potentially world class centre backs. The the best one in the world. It's just crazy our options at centre back comparing it to last season as well, where the issues were. It, the transformation of one signing and the fitness, obviously, it, it's just chalk and cheese. It, it really transformation of one signing can make. Um, so Kieran said in the chat there, Diaz has two trophies as he's only been here four months, which is just lovely. Lovely stuff in there. Um, but Stephen, I'll come to you. I mean, this is where Chelsea grow into the game. Eh? It's about 22 mins in. Chelsea have a chance. Robbo, I think Robbo misjudges a ball and then has a bad touch and then Mount gets a cross in. But then a, f- a few minutes after that, Alisson has to make a save 1v1 one, one against Alonso. And then everyone's heart's in the mouth because Alisson is 
holding his knee and it looks like he's hurt. Now, we like Kelleher because of the League Cup final, but Alisson is different. So if Alisson was to get hurt, yeah. It's a a no from me, but this is the moment Chelsea grew in from the game, but we've kind of mentioned Alisson's importance there. But 1v1 situations, there's just nobody in the world like him, is there, Stephen? There isn't, and we've referenced him already. Pulisic was the one who plays the ball into um, Alonso. Those two today look by far the most threatening players for Chelsea. Um, Absolutely, yeah. As he said, Pulisic is a weird one. He doesn't play unless he's playing against us. But when Alisson went down, I, I don't know what it was about he, the way he was holding himself. But I wondered if he was just wanting the physio to, because it looked like a stud challenge as opposed to like a muscular one. I was like, I'm just, just thinking, does he just want some cold spray and a you know, the old physio sponge and just a few minutes to recompose himself because he seemed, seemed a bit of a stinger, didn't it? Yeah, it did a bit. I, well, not at the time. I was kind of too busy crapping myself, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, afterwards it probably was a stinger. But, yeah, yeah, not not at the time, no. Not at the time. Um, but, Trev, I mean, Ali is just... It's not... It's not something in my lifetime I've had that confidence in a goalkeeper that Liverpool have had. I mean, Rayner was good for for the Rafa years, Dudek a couple years. Um, yeah, it's not been great. It's not been great in my lifetime for goalkeepers. But Allison is just other worlds of confidence in, in in my Liverpool supporting lifetime. Well, we've often spoken about how short your Liverpool supporting lifestyle is. Absolutely. Our lifestyle <laughs> by comparison, what was Tommy Lawrence like? <laughs> Fuck off! I can go back to. <laughs> I can go. I, I I can give you. I can give you the breakdown on Elisha Scott, who started. Uh, in, <laughs> who was born in 1893? If you if you if you really want, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I actually fully agree with you, man. Because it's not just your lifetime. It it's going on uh, your lifetime uh, plus your lifetime again. Because I swear to God, I go back obviously to um, just the late end of Ray Clemens's time, and I wasn't aware enough to be perfectly honest with you, of what was going on, you know, um, in the late days of Clem. And so my first Liverpool goalkeeper is Bruce Grobler, who was um, mercurial in the extreme. He could save things that nobody else ever could. He was the most athletic goalkeeper I've ever seen. Um, But you were always slightly wary that something might happen as well. So you never had that 100%. I loved him, and I always thought he was he was way 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 underrated and people used to over egg his mistakes but he, you have to go back to bruce for someone who was as consistently good and i think ali's in a different plane i don't think i've seen a goalkeeper like allison and again i think allison is underrated because oh, uh, in, in in a topic guy you know and steven which has been very uh, current and contemporary, a lot of people chatting about it, about, you know, Liverpool's popularity, mostly because of a certain uh, uh, Spaniard who's uh, resident in Manchester. And, you know, I I think if if we were, if, if, if Alisson was playing, for example, for Real Madrid, or for example, for Barcelona, or for example, even for Manchester City, I think he'd be even higher, more highly well, look rated. How highly rated Edison is, and he's nowhere. Near, he's for me, Edison's like he's closer to Lloris and stuff like. He's not on the same planet as Alisson. That's that's the perfect example. And we we how many times have you have you heard someone eulogising about Edison? How good he is with his feet? I mean, mm. fucking come on, have a word. We 
yourself and go and look at the lad who's playing uh, between the sticks for Liverpool. This guy is... We're going to use the, the word transformative signing a few times in this show, at least I am, because when we get to Diaz, we're going to have to talk about who, how he is one of those. Kieran's talking about two trophies. That's transformative. And it, a lot of it is to do with his impact. Um, it's changing the moment. Change, yeah, absolutely changing the momentum of the season for us. But Alisson, um, in terms of his arrival at the club, we are a different club and a better club since he's come. And long may that last. I mean, the man has years to come. And like you, when there was a potential for him having to go off, it wasn't you don't trust Big Queef because you do. It's just he's not fucking, he's not the man. He's yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, he's no, the holy goalie, you can't replace it. He is the holy goalie, and we should probably stop and say a decade of the rosary just in honor of him <laughs> at this point. If we're being he makes me more religious, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember there was a, there was, a, there was a, a, you won't remember this because again, you're t- far too young. Um, I, I'm not sure what vintage Stephen is exactly, but there was a time when, um, Glenn Hoddle was flirting with Christianity and someone, someone said, I hear Glenn Hoddle's found God. That must have been some pass. Uh, exactly the same with an alley clearance. <laughs> That's what I would say. Oh, uh, he will baptise all of us somehow. That's his aim for football. Football is just his, just his vehicle to baptise everyone. It is, uh, it is, yeah. It really yeah. is. Sorry, it- Stephen, go on. Trev, I'm old enough to remember Costa Curta, so I'm old enough to remember the tail end of Grobelar. And <laughs> well, there you go, mate. There you go. So When I got Grobelar, though, it was like he was in, you know, the Mad Rainer phase? So he was coming mm. towards the end of his career. And he was yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he was a bit of a nutcase. And I loved Rainer because Rainer was an absolute headcase. And I think Ali's got the best of all of those keepers without the lunacy. I know he occasionally does some silly things with his feet, but he's not a complete batshit nutcase. I, when it's one-on-ones with Ali, I, he's, it's like going up against prime Buffon and prime Schmeichel, where it's almost like he's won the battle with the centre-forward or whoever the attacker is before they've even shot, because they know it's Ali and they know he's huge. Um, I said on Nin show on whatever day it was this week, I can't remember, Tuesday? that he appears like the Hulk. One second he's not there, and next you've got this massive fucking green thing closing down on you. And the ball. <laughs> next year, it's Barney, he's back to being Barney the dinosaur in his beautiful country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you, uh, listen, uh, up, the, up the lilac alley reds. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you completely, and I'm trying to think who's better at that kind of coming out and smothering things. I, 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 the two names you've dropped, absolutely. I'm thinking maybe Ollie Kahn back in the day or maybe Manuel Neuer, they had that sort of physical presence where you just go, oh, fucking hell, how can you get the ball past this guy? And they used to both be very good at coming out of feet as well. That's definitely at one of Ali's massive strengths is just being in the right position. And what I love about him as well, lads, you know, he is very humble man. Like he, he, he was being pushed and pushed and pushed by the interviewer post-match on whatever the hell challenge, uh, BBC I was watching, uh, you know, about how good he was and he, he had made the save and it's all down to you. And he, he, he kept saying things like, well, the goalkeeping coaches have worked really well with me and I'm out there at the time and thankfully it worked. You know what I mean? I, I love that. And, and I love it for John Achterberg as well, who for years was getting pelters because of our goalkeepers and their form. And he gets someone good to work with. Well, what do you know? It works out well. So I'm, I'm glad for everyone concerned, to be honest. Just to make you lads feel old, I think my first goalkeeper was post Diego Forlan Dudek. 
So, you know. Wow. There you wow. go. I don't even remember Vesterveld, so they have that. <laughs> <laughs> bit of Scott Carson, bit of Chris Kirkland, you know what I mean? <laughs> there, there we go. Now, oh, Kieran's made me feel old now. His first was Arena. Don't like Bloody that. Bloody hell, lads. What, oh, what, what's, what's the cra- what is the story here? I feel like I'm back at work. I'm, I'm <laughs> dealing with a lot of young lads. What's going on? <laughs> uh, oh, dear me. But, uh, Trevor, I'll stick with you. I mean, we had one scare. Then we were scared because Maul was sat down and he didn't touch the ball, so we knew it was bad then. Now, this is new to us because other than the other Champions League final, I don't remember more ever having to come off injured. Yeah. Certainly not a big injury. So this is yeah. this is something. The only thing I'm leaning into here, Guy, and I could be just deluding myself, is that everybody knows the priority list here and nobody knows the priority list more than Mo Salah because... Mm-hmm. He's been talking about it quite a bit for a play to him. And, you know, maybe it's just with Verge and with himself, it's sort of like, uh, hey, listen, uh, this is the one we sacrifice of all of them if we're going to. So I'm out. And I, I'm hoping it's that. I'm hoping it's self-preservation on his part. I'm looking at the way he was interacting with people. I would have thought he'd be far more devastated. And, you know... <laughs> You can't trust players' reactions to their own injuries. If 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 working with Jan for four or five years has ta- taught me anything, it's you listen to his stories talking about players, and they they're always bullshitting their coaches. They, they you can't trust them. But this these days they're a little bit more honest and they're a little bit more inclined to say, "I think oh, I've got, wow. yeah, I think I've got a knock here." So I I feel like it's Mo's got something and he's prioritizing, and I, I I'm sure they went out today being told prioritize you feel a niggle you're off you know what i mean because we've already had the scare with fab but you're right it's not psychologically it's a shit thing to see it because it's something that we do not see as liverpool fans we're not used to seeing this so it was a heavy blow and anyone who thinks it's otherwise is completely wrong you know um having the injury to Ali and next thing you know within four or five minutes Mo's sitting down there and he was doing several tests with the physio you'll have noticed that guy and you know stress stress testing whatever it was that was the area that was sore and he just seemed to be there was no wincing he was just going yeah it's fine it's fine uh so I I take great consolation from that um another thing is I if he was properly injured I don't think we would have made him walk up a million stairs at Wembley as well yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. He'd have been in the uh, stereomatic, wouldn't yeah, he? For absolutely. sure. Yeah, he would have been on Adrian's shoulders like Simicat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, Stephen, it, it's weird talking about more recently because everyone knows it's more. He's our for me. He's our best forward. I know people say mine or whatever, but my opinion is our best forward. First half of this season, that was unquestionable. AFCON comes around, plays 120 minutes 700 times or something. Post-AFCON, the good in games, quiet in games, but he still brings balance to the team, regardless if he's playing well or not, because no one else really fills that right-hand side. And yeah. we kind of see the issue with that after he comes off, because Jota's popping up on the left, Jota's on the right, Diaz is on the right, he's on the left, Mane's all over about, but we just seem to lose all attacking structure when Mo goes off. Yeah, and look, I know Mo's been 
quiet and hasn't looked himself, but he's still got, I think it was 13 goal involvements, they said on UP this week. So he's still performing at a similar level to Mane, but Mane's banging them in. Mo's creating them, right? Um, what I didn't understand is why Mane didn't go to the go to the right-hand side because he played a whole season there. He has filled in there plenty of times. He scored a goal being on the right-hand side of the front three this week. And Jota just, it's almost like playing with 10 men sometimes with Jota on the right. And it's not because he's terrible. It's because he just doesn't stand anywhere useful. He gets in the way a lot, doesn't he? Because he, as he said, he's cropping up and he's getting in Mane's way. He's cropping up and he's getting in Diaz's way. And his decision-making and some of the things he was doing today wasn't quite right. And I felt like if Jota was the one through the middle and Mane was the one who was receiving the ball in places where Jota was getting it, we would have been a lot more effective and a lot more efficient today. And I don't quite... I guess it's this experiment. It's can they turn Mane into a centre-forward so he wants to stay and he wants to play because Diaz has got... He's got a Suarez thing about him at the moment, hasn't he? Like Suarez's first season where he had about a billion shots and he scored six goals and then just suddenly exploded. And I think like Diaz has got that kind of feel about him right now. He's having so many, so many shots that look like they're about to go in and don't quite get there that Klopp's obviously persevering with him because he's a game changer. He's taking on people. He's doing something different with the ball and not just pace. So, yeah, I just... I didn't quite get why we waited so long to play Jota through the middle. Um, and at one point, I was I was wondering if Jota needed to come off for Bobby because he just wasn't wasn't great today, was he? Yeah, uh, to be fair, I mean, when I in a few of my WhatsApps, was like we have to bring Bobby on, but I'm not sure for who because Diaz was our best outlet, and I don't think you can sub Manu with Mo off. Um, so yeah, it was like you either go the four two four mad formation or you bring Jota off, but. Obviously, Diaz re- did really get knackered by the end, um, so it was an easier sub by then. But well, Bobby was kind of crap when he came on anyway. But he scored a pen. That's all that matters. Um, but we'll get to that. Don't you worry about that. Um, <clears throat> Trev, I mean this this injury seems to cause a bit of confusion on our team because Chelsea do keep growing into the game. I mean, Pulisic has a chance. My next note is no freeze for us today. I mean, if you've got anything for watch free well it's kind of constant because we only two fouls in the entire game but feel free to bring it up here Thiago got caught napping on the ball I think he took a heavy touch as well uh, Canate tried, tried a worldie my next note is please don't do that again <laughs> uh, but yeah we, we seem to fall asleep after the, the the more injury for a bit yeah well it, it look look it's going to rattle you and if we're being perfectly honest uh, the chance just before Mo's injury where Alonso's played in by Pulisic and Ali had to come out, that showed that they could get through us. Uh, then there was another one for Pulisic again, <coughs> but Trent and Imbu did some good work together actually to to, to see him out. Um, and look, I've had a message from... Uh, I'm just trying to find the lad here. He, he, he was talking... Yeah, from Vinyl Maniacs 1964, and hopefully you're listening, man. Um, uh, on Twitter, and he was saying that not sure if I'm going to be on Raw, but if so, he thought the ref had a good game. And did I agree? And look, I thought Possum was fine to an extent, except there was one massively egregious 
uh, flaw in his game throughout, which was that Sadio Mane and our players could were getting kicked up in the air and fouled gratuitously in front of him. And he just didn't seem to see it. So I'm agreeing with you entirely. And it's not one-eyed because... Honestly, you'd give up on something like that after winning the FA Cup. Could you be arsed coming on here and crying about it? Like, I'm not. This is something I noticed. I've written it down again and again. There was two back-to-back on 37 and 38 where Sadio was shoved over and Diaz was shoved over. And he's right there looking at it. Nothing at all. That Ibu shot from distance was 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 something. Jota did have a volley, which was a decent attempt as the, the first half is, is rounding out. It's from seven yards out. It was a good robo cross. Uh, and a good counter by us and that word there kind of tells you where the momentum was for a little while there that we were counter-attacking and then on 45 uh, just as the second half is is starting to wind down Lukaku ran onto a Jorginho through ball and honestly guy we could and should have been one down because he scoops his finish with his left foot over the bar from about 8 yards it's a great ball through to him from Jorginho Absolutely. Well, it's 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 an atrocious attempt, considering yeah. where he is, uh, and considering the stakes, and considering the ability of the footballer. Uh, like we should have gone in one down at that point. Now, obviously, we had our op- options too, but it's a really good opportunity. So, yeah, I think it did. I think the two the t- the two injuries had the effect of swaying the momentum uh, momentum a bit away from us uh, and we were kind of hopeful that things would pick up in the second half uh, <laughs> yeah more of that when you get to it Absolutely. we should we should have torn them apart in the 44th minute though just before Lukaku's miss there's a break with Mane the ball gets to Jota and he just again he's too slow with his decision making and the game slows down then Robbo gets in across and Jota misses which I know Jenna started talking about it being a really difficult chance, but it's the kind of kind of chance he's put what probably fifteen of those away this season. Um, he really should have scored that goal. It's a draw then, chance, isn't it? If you yeah, want anyone in the squad to score to be in that position, it probably is him. It, it's literally the Sam Maguire article, and we signed him of swing it into the back post, and he'll be there to tap it in, and mm. he he missed. I don't yeah. know. How. That's probably about it. But because he had to, have to use his feet, he missed. On the ref though, Trev, to be fair, Tiago was channeling his inner James Milner today and was kicking he lumps. He loved the crap tackle. He, yeah, he was kicking lumps and being late and niggling and getting in people's face and just being a really irritable bastard today. And I thoroughly enjoyed I'm, it. I am all, I'm all for it, Steve. I'm all for it, man, because uh, I, I think... Before the show is over, we'll have to talk a little bit about that lad as well. Because, yeah, there was a couple of times where he was atypically loose with his touches. But overall, I mean, he's just an immense footballer. I was so worried when he got his knock that we were going to lose him too. I really was because he seemed to be absolutely good. And I thought, oh, God. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was a bad tackle. But like we, it, it's, it's worth just pointing out how good he was in terms of just his general play and like you say as well the under underrated stuff of being a fucking cranky narky little sort of ever present <laughs> shit, shit in the middle of the park it's it's fantastic I, I i love that about him i have to say i mean on the ball he's the only player i have loved watching more than Xabi and and, and yan except he's got mascherano's 
narkiness as well as their ball playing. He does. Well. He does. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I think we did we I think it, we talked about after the semi-final, didn't we, Trev? That he's probably the best midfielder in our Premier League era, probably. He just is. He just he just is. Like he he can do literally everything. And that's a good sum up by Steve there as well because he does have that little bit of mash as well, but what he doesn't have that Mascherano had is he's not mental. Like, he's not a fucking nut job who will, like, cost you a game from doing something mad. He, he's just, okay. it's controlled, it's focused, and he has the wisdom to do the big eyes at the ref, which have the same, it seem, they seem to have the same effect as the Jimmy Milner shrug at the ref, <laughs> uh, which is sort of, like, to, to sort of go, yo, it's, it's only me, you know? <laughs> I, only missed his, I only missed his ankle by a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like yeah. the narky shit in the pub who knows the doormans. So the people are like, oh, God, I'm going to have to put up with this because his mates are bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, lads, whilst, whilst we're on Tiago, I mean, we'll do the, might as well do the midfield as a whole. We've kind of already touched on Naby and Tiago there. If you want to, if you want to bring any more praise on him. We can just do half an hour of that because it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. But the third person in that midfield, He's coming in this game with the most question marks because he's replacing, Fia- uh, I was going to call him Fabiago, Christ Fabinho. I mean, John Henderson, Trev, you you know, you, you podcast with Dave. He gets a lot of stick on post-match roll, especially. But I thought Henderson was spawned today. I, he was good on the ball, t- tracked runners probably better than he'd ever does play in his usual position. But he just seemed, Christ, like old crappy, horrid cliche, but a captain's performance. Dude, there's nothing cliched about it because it it, it was important that he did that. And uh, what he did today was be completely unfussy. uh, And there were several times where I think if if a match was at Anfield and we were one down or something like that, one or two of his decisions would have gotten the crowd going, oh, come on, or uh, doing a little bit of a sigh or whatever. But the fact is that he did a lot of really good work in terms of stuff that isn't necessarily for uh, helping us progress our football. Although I thought he did that quite well, I'll be honest. Yeah. I thought he was quite forward-looking for for uh, a no performance, let's be honest. Uh, but I thought he did great. I thought he did really, really well in terms of cover. And, you know, it was interesting to see that there was a couple of gaps opening up down that left-hand side. And it was during a time where you couldn't really fault the lad for it because he was actually plugging other gaps that were there as well. Because I was very, very deliberately watching this. Because um, I, I, I did. I was nervous in the absence of Fab and the the big security blanket that he is. Absolutely, and you know, you know as well from doing the show as long as we have been doing it that, like, I'm always very, very eager to point out what he does that's good because how can you not like this fella and. You can also see that there is a, a a really good footballer there, and you just want to see it as often as you can see it. And I think today was a really good showing by him uh, in in a lot of different aspects of the game, where perhaps in other times he might have been just as impressive. So absolutely credit where it's due to the captain. And you know what? Could you be more delighted for the lad he gets to? Yet another trophy, uh, be front and centre, and yet another magic moment for the Reds. And I can't wait to go back and watch those celebrations because you know when you're doing a show 
I've just realised I didn't fucking record it. Oh my god! Oh my god! It'll be, I'm so on, annoyed. It'll be on the Twitter. I'll have to watch it on the Twitters. Yeah. So, uh, in a word, class. Delighted for him. Yeah. Delighted for him. And and Stephen, I, it's pretty, it must be the first time that midfields play together. Like as a collective, I, I thought it was really well balanced. I'm not saying take over Fabinho by any match, but, uh, any straight. But I mean. Naby was just pressing really well, basically being a destroyer. Thiago's Thiago and Henderson, good on the ball, tracked his run as well. He he just seems really well, in my opinion, better suited to be in the six than an eight nowadays. But Klopp's decision, Hendo's decision, but it, I I just think that midfield worked really well. I think there are two Hendos. There's Roy Race who does all our heading because he's putting in twenty seven clipped crosses and getting in the way so Trent's not being effective and not tracking his midfielders and just generally being the Hendo that everyone gets annoyed with. And then there's the Hendo playing the six alongside Thiago where he remembers that there's a guy over there who is the footballing version of Picasso. So I'm just going to give the ball to him and let him worry about it. And if he's crowded, today was the kind of game that really suits him. And it's something Dave often references is when Hendo's got time and space, then he does pick the right pass. And because Thiago's so bloody good, when Hendo wasn't passing it to him, it's because he had a couple of midfielders on him. So he could play a nice, simple pass into, um, into Keita. He played a couple of really positive through balls and balls over the top today that weren't those annoying little shitty clips. They were actually useful balls over the top that a prime Mo and Mane would normally get on the end of. Um, and the fact I didn't write his name down to the 40th minute when he clears the ball from Lukaku, I always yeah. take as a positive. Like, if I don't have to talk about Hendo, and I'm not joking that is he playing, that's the version of the captain I like, where he just quietly, um, as Trevor Lutu, just gets on with his job. He was tracking runners. He was getting in front of the back four. He was picking the ball up. Um but he also got a lot of protection from having Thiago and Naby in front of him today because uh, like I had, I've got a note I took down after the 22nd minute, which is like Naby's everywhere. He's really high when we have the ball, but when they had the ball, he kept appearing in the middle of um, Kovacic and Jorginho winning the ball. So Hendo had a lot of, support which meant he didn't have to try and be the hero he could just step back and wait for the interception or make a tackle so it was a really good performance from him and I think the three mid I think the three midfielders as the main were really really well balanced um there were points where Tiago was appearing as almost like the second second striker and Naby was dropping back Naby spent a lot of time today looking like he was a not even a number 10, like a second striker. Like the he amount was of time. Wing, wasn't he? <laughs> well, there were points as well where he was um, he was in between Mane and Jota, and it was just mm. like I'd love to see the heat map because he was so so far forward. But when that happened, Tiago was dropped in alongside Hendo, and they just sat and patiently waited and recycled the ball and didn't do anything stupid. And as I said, when he was trying, when he was being creative and trying to those longer passes, they were actually the right ball because he had space and there was a lot of sort of one-touch, quick passing. Um, yeah, I thought he was quietly effective today, and normally I find him quite irksome because I've always thought he's a better player than he shows, and I know he wants to play the eight, but I think that's where he's best suited now. I think as he's, as he's slowing down, that role is where we should see him. We should back up to Fab and 
occasionally on the right side of the three, but that's it. Now let's put Fabinho as the eight. Let him go forward. He loves a he loves a shot. We'll swap him. By the way, as well, just a word for Thiago's heading, like. For a lad who's effectively, by comparison with most footballers, a short arse, he mm. wins so many aerial duels. It's unreal. And credit where it's due. Like, I think it's amazing. His leap is ridiculous. And he makes good contact. It's not just like putting off the opposition. He makes good contact. So that's just something to mention about him as well as we're, as we're doing it. Yeah, but that's the narky thing, right? People don't necessarily want to challenge him in the air because they know he's a narky shit. You know? Yeah, then- yeah, yeah. Dennis Wise was another one who was ridiculously good at certain things, but he was a tiny little angry man who was going to shout at you. And some people don't like being shouted at by angry Spanish <laughs> men. <laughs> uh, right, I think we're well. I think we're about fifty minutes in, and we've got uh, a half and then extra time and a penalty shootout to get through. So right, we better piss it through this. <laughs> right, so half time. Uh, no offsides today. I think it's Mount who's clearly offside. The referee can't be asked putting his flag. They get a uh, bar off a free kick. Uh, Robbo has his first big fucking miss because if you want anyone on a chance, it's not Robertson. Uh, Diaz has a shot from the edge of the box. That's probably his closest one. That goes narrowly wide. I've got no foul pool again because, you know, Pawson. Jota shoots wide from the right hand side. Uh, I don't know why I've typed out Operation Shit Corner, but our corners are getting to the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nabi shot from the right. Yeah, Nabi. Nabi's Nabi either only scores worldly or it's the most depressing shot you've ever seen in your life. Um, and I think this is where subs come about. Um, I think they bring on Kante. Yeah, they bring on Kovacic and Trev. We bring on your mate James Milner for Nabi Kate. Who I mean, to, we I think some people do Milner a disservice. And I'm certainly one. To be honest, people just say he comes on and be off. But in today's game, I thought he was actually really good when he came on. Because the 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 most memorable version of James Milner is probably the Aston one, where the that was probably the last time he was a, a full on starter for a team, and that's what got him to the move to Man City. But we've never really seen him be a full-on starter in midfield since then. But Jim Milner's probably an underrated player, but now physically you don't want him starting games because he's 36, I think. Yeah, one of the things, and you're right, one of the things that gets forgotten about Jimmy is when he comes on, yeah, you fully expect him to go and kick a lad up in the air, and he does, uh, and he did. Uh, In fact, it was one of the first things he did. But what we always forget, or what people tend to forget, I don't because... I genuinely love this lad. Is that he's very progressive in his play, and he has good touch and good control, and he can pass the ball really, really well. And you can trust him from a, from a dead ball. So what we've got here is a lot with a lot of technique, and it's just that sometimes uh, when the game is really, really f- uh, frenetic pace, uh, he's always on the back foot, and therefore can't show that. But when we have a chance to have Jimmy Miller as a kind of an eight, uh, as a progressive midfielder. He can be really, really good. And I was delighted with what he did when he came on. Now, granted, um, Kante came on for Kovacic. And <laughs> there was uh, an effort for Pulisic uh, after James pulled back on 67 minutes. And then 
we got into it. Uh, Sadio did really well. He was getting fouled. He kicked the ball on the deck. The ball eventually makes his way over to Diaz. He cut in from the left and curled that one that you were chatting about just over. It's at that point we bring on Milley. And honestly, after that, I think he had a really, really positive influence on the game. And it, the, the the best one I can think of now, as soon as soon after he came on, was uh, about six minutes after he came on, he uh, was responsible for an absolute worldie of a cross into the box, hit with pace and power, which Robbo gets onto and kind of shins uh, against the post. Uh, look, there's a lot of players you'd want coming onto that at the back stick. Robbo's goal-scoring uh, record for Liverpool would tell you that he is right down at the bottom of the list. Uh, he doesn't make the right contact with the right part of his foot, but you'd have to say it's a beautifully incisive pass. I mean, if Trent did that, we would be slavering all over it. So yeah, credit to Jimbo when he comes on. It makes a big difference. And then, as you say, like just to keep it rolling, like the the, the, eight, the 90 minutes are, are seen out because they bring on Ziyech for Lukaku, who had a very disappointing afternoon. And we nearly clinch at the end. Diaz has a, 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 a really runs a long way from sort of midfield, drifts towards the left and cuts back in on his right and curls it just so narrowly wide. I really felt it was going in. Uh, and then three minutes were added. Sadi was fouled about 11 times in 10 seconds. Yeah. He won the ball in the deck. That was where uh, the, there was a free kick given and Diaz pulled it back. Uh, Diaz pulled back was, was saved by the keeper. Uh, Trent, I think, had dinked one to the back post and Diaz pulled it back. So we ended the game, sort of the 90 minutes, on the up. And that is due in no small part to the introduction of, uh, of Sergeant Millie there. So fair play to him, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I and where the hell did Ibu come from on that very last chance at the end of the game? Because he was the one who almost gets on the end of it if the keeper spills it and kind of clatters Mendy slightly. He's fast, man. But where, the, where did he come from? I don't remember him anywhere near the box when it all happened. And suddenly I, looked, I was like, I was like it's Ibu, what? <laughs> you made the late run from our box. <clears throat> That's all you need. Mane's battling was brilliant today. Um, especially like that 90th minute, as he said, he got fouled 90, 11 times, but he just keeps going. He's on his ass. He's back on his feet. He doesn't, he, he just doesn't give up. But he had a weird game. Nothing really fell for him though. It was like, he had a touch like a trampoline, but then he's trying to skin three people. He had such a weird game. Yeah, but he has these games, doesn't he? Sometimes, mm. but you, you know, when he's not quite there, but you see him battling and chasing and kicking out and, trying everything he can to get that chance. They're usually the ones where he's got a six, and a t six out of ten or a four in the echo and scores the winner. So I was really hoping that that was the way his day was going to go. Um, but there was a there was a particularly beautiful moment where James fouls Thiago on, what, 76 minutes? And Thiago sits down for a good two minutes, basically having a strop, like as if he dared to kick me. He wasn't wearing shin pads because them things were just like pieces of paper. And the ref looks a little bit like I don't know what to do because I can't bring the physio on because there's nothing wrong with you, but you're not getting up. But, <laughs> but you're going to shout at me if I bend over, so I'm just going to stand next to you until you finish whatever it is you're doing. And he was having a little... The I've, funny I've, thing I've, about that bit is Henderson literally says to the physio, don't go on. 
<laughs> you see him wave to the physio. No, he's fine. So it's like, yeah, yeah, fine. Crack on. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a 30 year old toddler at times, but that's one of the reasons I love Tiago. Yeah. He is. To be fair, he not, normally everything else goes for his old way, so why not? There's uh, also but... um, Robo Free Kick, where I think there was a. Ebo goes down the box and they didn't show a replay. Was he fouled or not? They, they didn't show they didn't show many replays in the match at all today. There yeah. wasn't no there was, there was no replays of really important things. Like there are loads of things we could we could be talking about now, including some of those fouls I was talking about on yeah. Diaz specifically on Mane. Because the, the Ebo ones in the crying, box. They were crying about that ZH push for about twenty minutes. Oh, I, I literally I yeah. wrote down um I literally wrote down that ZH falls over holding Trent's hands. I, I was on about the Ebo, the one where he ran into Ebo. Fine. It was like they banged on about that for a good fifteen minutes. It was no, he ran into a unmovable beast and <laughs> yeah, just a train. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Jermaine. It was a weird uh, choice between Jermaine Genus or Sam Matterface and Lee Dixon. It was a it was a, <laughs> a, a lose lose that one. I think. Um, I, I don't know if you two have this, but I have a shit ton of minutes that say Alonso Cross. Ali gathers, Alonso shoots, Ali gathers, Alonso does something else, Ali yeah, wins the ball. Yeah. There was a, they, they were having a bit of a, it's not quite a battle, but there was an obvious outlet from them, and Ali just didn't, wasn't, yeah, they didn't wasn't really threatened at all. They didn't really use better than Trent Reese James, did they? Today? Not really. Though he was pretty good. He got, he, he did get some, James did get some good crosses in during the match. He got better as the game went on, I thought, and, and I have to say, I'd, I don't know why, but just something just... I don't know why. Is it just because he has this sort of resting bitch face or something? I don't know what it is. He just he has this sort of arrogant go about him that just it winds me right up, I have to say. But you can't... You'd have to say, over uh, Stephen, over the, over the course of the game, as the game went on, he was kind of... He was like, like a Trent-like outlet for them, to be fair. He was. He was really central to most of their attacks. But on the far flank, you make a really good point. Alonso and Ali were having a bit of a battle. Alonso's another equally unlikely. If we were doing a Dave Hendrick prick watch, Alonso's right up there at the top. I don't know what it is about him, but I just cannot handle that guy at all. And he is good. You have to, you, you, especially going forward, you have to hold your hands up and say he is good. I wish we had tested him a bit more defensively, I'll be honest. I wish we had seen Mo Salah there for the the entirety of the match, uh, full Mo Salah. That's where perhaps you see Alonso uh, show why Chilwell is the starter. Uh, but going forward, he's a real threat. And any, anyone who doesn't think he is is kind of missing the point, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's good. And his crosses were from all over the place. And I don't like some from deep, some from quite inside. Um, he, he was good, but... I'm sure loads of people will talk about Trent rubbish defender. Look at all the crosses Alonso got in, but they were in completely different positions at the time. I think it was more the midfielders not quite getting to him. But yeah, Alonso was was good, but Ali was better. And you know when he hit the you know when he hit the um the crossbar from the free kick on the right hand side near the corner, you know he was shooting right because he, he had no other chance of trying to get past Ali today. Hundred percent. I mean, you mentioned Trent there. I mean, Trev, can we have a word on Trent? I, I mentioned earlier his corners were a bit crap, but that's just kind of where it is at the minute. But in general play, I, 
his passion's phenomenal, but people say he can't defend, but I'm pretty sure he stopped at least three goals in this game on his own. Yeah. You're right, man. The cover today was brilliant. And it's not the first time we've been saying that in recent games. It's not the first time we've tried to do our little bit to counter this bullshit narrative. And what happens is the lads that I call the stuffed shirts, who are the equivalents of our esteemed Mr. Malby, in other words, really good ex-footballers who make a living talking for the big, big uh, media companies who don't have a patch on Jan because they don't seem to do anything other than sort of tread water and churn out cliches, whether they're big personality types or they're sort of more edgy types like Neville, eventually they come around to the same bullshit cliches and somebody has decided that Trent can't defend. And it's the same stupid ass logic that allows people to say Liverpool are playing a dangerous game here with the high line. And it basically comes down to the fact that you don't understand what you're fucking watching. And in order to com- combat that, Trend would have to do the occasional sort of 1v1 brilliance where he's up against a wonderful attacker who's coming raiding in from his side or centrally. And that's what he does. And still the narrative persists. A couple of occasions today, Trent's last man, he's stride for stride with an attacker and puts in a block. He's read, he's read a situation perfectly. He gets across to put in a block. He's cutting out crosses. The kind of things that people say that he can't do. People are full of shit. Oh, he the, makes- the same, but the, the, Steve, it's the same idiots who talk about the high line as if it's a, a, a dangerous game. I was saying people who, who say that Trent can't defend because they're not watching the game. They're just not watching it. And when we've needed him, he's been absolutely brilliant throughout this season in those 1v1 situations. I can't, I can't, actually, it, it's been countless occasions where he's swept up against someone who's breaking. And he, how, can he, how can he be defending if he's just putting a cross on the byline in their half? And that's the kind of thing that's held against him. Like people are just simpletons when it comes to analysis of the game, and it gets me down. I have to say, he puts a lovely tackling on Pulisic around like the seventy-fifth minute. Um, it goes out for a corner. I don't think Pulisic realizes he's behind him, and he just nicks the ball. Yeah, I yeah. Think, and Pulisic, yeah, yeah. I think Pulisic just winding up to shoot. He was, as he said, he got countless blocks in today. He was, he was really good. Um, his free kicks were terrible, but his. His defensive work today and his passing were brilliant. The yeah, funny thing about his funny. corners and stuff is <laughs> we sent Tiago over to take one. It was like, oh, we're mixing it up a bit. And then he passed it to Trent and he, he just passes it to Trent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, I, I thought him and James today both showed why they're the best right backs in England. And when Jennings was yeah. talking about Walker, Walker's the one I can't fucking stand. I can't I stand Walker, but he is fast. So he's got that for him. That, that doesn't make him very good. It, it, it helps, though, if you're that fast. Adama Traore's fast. Look how well he's done recently. Nick, put him at right back. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, we're not, we won't talk about Walker today. But yeah, two really good right backs. But for me, Trent's different planet. I mean, I'd take Reese James. I reckon he'd be a spot-on midfielder for us if Chelsea were to come under more ownership bother. But yeah, Trent as, a, as our right-back, 
focus on. If you're looking for something and you're you're kind of wondering if we're talking shite where uh Trent covers a Ziek ball pretty much off the line in the first half of extra time. That's and then, and and Joel does something brilliant as well there uh, from his Ziek corner a couple of minutes later. But that that's that's what we're talking about if you're looking for something. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just he's just you mentioned Ali being underrated. I think Trent is maybe not by Liverpool fans, but in general scheme of football, I think the way people talk about Trent, he's underrated because people always look at I'm doing air quotes for a podcast as per negative where you just look and you just this is one of the best footballers in the country and people yeah. talk about him cuz oh he gets he gets skinned by fucking Hyung Min Son once a season. It's Hyung Min fucking Son. Yeah, it's, 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 dis- it's disrespectful, guys, what it is. It's just highly disrespectful. That's what it comes down to. I wonder if it's just having a pop at the Scousers or something like that because it, it, it's it's absurd. It makes no sense. It's it's as stupid, like I said, as the Highline criticism. It's just like it's 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 it knobheads who don't know what they're looking at. I don't even know why I picked something because he did he fucking basically pocketed him all game. But anyway, right, extra time. I mean, they, my notes go out the window, you lads. So if you've got any, help me out. But Virgil goes off for Matip. Chelsea, uh, ZX dived. Diaz is off for Bobby because Diaz, I think Diaz has one sprint at Thiago Silva and I think both of them just give up on life after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Trent has really good defending then. I think that was the one you were on about there, Trev. Um, yeah. Then it's half time. No fouls again, thanks, Pawson. Milner did a weird back heel thing. I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, I think he was trying to control the ball and it was a bit of class. Yeah. Uh, Ziek dived again. Um, I've put Ebu the big shagger. I think that's where he tracked back 1v1 and he just ate someone. Um, Kante. Was it? Yes, it was Kante, wasn't it? He just kind yeah. of, he just can't, as you said. Almost dwarfed him and bullied him. Oh, so outrageous. Outrageous. I also have the Ebu heads the ball half the length of the pitch. Oh, that was a wonderful clearance as well. Yeah. 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 But you're right, guy. Like, very little happens here. It's basically the subs. And we're kind of shaping ourselves up, like, because they bring on Las Piliqueta and Loftus Cheek. Loftus, the one, the the most interesting thing about second half. Uh, about the extra time was they bring on Loftus Cheek for the second half of extra time. They put him up front, mm. and then they take him off with a minute to go at the end of extra time. He didn't touch the ball, surely. No, and they, it was really weird. Like they, like, maybe I'm missing something. But I thought Loftus, Loftus Cheek was essentially a midfielder, but they played him right up top. They've played him centre back this season as well. He's so he's weird. Played the entire spine. I, like I, I, I wonder did did Tommy just go galaxy brain there or something? What what happened? Like cause it, it was. A I bit think weird. he did have a pepism there. To be fair, I think he might have. Yeah, yeah, it's quite possible. He didn't look injured. But of course, the main thing that happens in the second half, the second half is that we bring on Simicast for Robbo because that is significant. That's very true. Loftus Cheek <laughs> did kick the ball once because he crossed it and Trent cleared it again. Trent, there we go. There you go. Cleared he it had- the because he's a good defender. Do something in two calls, like nope, you shit, get off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. I've also got that Pulisic thought that Matic was love front and then soon gave up after Matic kept winning the ball. Matic was fucking fantastic, man. I know he's going to mention that at the start, but oh, he was fucking great when he came on. He was mm. so good, like just dominant. 
a couple of great one v ones. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely great. fantastic. Delightable. I just kind of wish he took a penalty because that would have been fucking glorious. It, it would. It Matip would. would have penenkered him. He probably would have, yeah. He probably would have. My perfect end to the season will be Costas crossing it in to Matip to score a goal that wins us either the Premier League or the Champions League. Oh, dude. And then the limbs that we'll get afterwards and the no context. Just from from Matip. As it tweets. (laughs) Out of context, Joel is one of the best Twitter accounts. It's It's just wonderful. Oh, look, if if Ivu scores in the Champions League final, imagine the anime gift we get from him on Twitter. I've seen someone mention that already. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, to be fair to Chelsea, Mount kind of woke up in the first half of extra time and had mm. a lot of shots and corners and more corners and more corners. He's a good Mount's a fan. Like I said, Reese James, but Mount would. He's a blueprint Liverpool player as well. He just can't take penalties, fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, whilst we'll get onto the penalties now, so I think we're a bit a bit over an hour now. I let's go through them step by step. I mean, Alonso, he's seemingly their best penalty taker. I think he confidently dispatched the first one in the League Cup final as well. Trev James Milner. Yeah. That may have been the shittest James Milner penalty I've ever seen, <laughs> but it went in. It's a fair point because, as with a couple of these, uh, the keeper who is let's give him his dues as well. He's really, really good for uh, goalkeeper. He's he's outstanding, and he gets uh, he gets his paws on it like he did with a couple. Uh, if we're being honest, but it was not a little bit atypical for a milli penalty in terms of the excess of force. Miller normally hits them like with a good deal of precision, but his. Uh, execution of this one in terms of the power was outstanding and that's what carried it past whatever touch the keeper got and you know it's one each uh, so yeah happy days uh, Trev I'll stick with you on this I should have asked this before we started the pens but we're missing certainly two of our best penalty takers and probably three if you count Virgil as well I, did did that up the nerves going into the penalty shootout for you? Well it was really interesting guy to watch the two managers uh, and how they approached the break between the end of extra time and the uh, the penalties. Because to- Tommy Tuchel went, here's one for the comparative kids, he went a bit Phil Brown, if you remember him. Oh, uh, half-time team talk. I half-time. Know. I know the man. Yeah, you know the man? I know the man. I don't, not personally, but I know of the man. Well, there you go. So where he was like giving the the, the little lecture to his team yeah. in, the, in the center circle, and 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 Tommy was it was all about Tommy. He was he was uh, gesticulating, and they were all gathered around the circle. Klopp got them in. They kind of shouted a bit, and then they went off. Yeah. Uh, and and you're right. Like we were starting at a tremendous disadvantage in terms of the people who were missing off the park. Uh but it mattered not a jot, did it? Because whatever Kloppo did in terms of uh, filling our lads with a bit of confidence, it seemed to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. You say um, the lack of talent, and in years gone by, I'd agree, Trev, but we had some fucking good football to stand up to take penalties today. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, I didn't say lack of. I said we were missing our... our uh, we're, we just happened to be missing lads who would absolutely have taken them. Is, is, two is two, of, our top, two like, of our top three takers, yeah. yeah like but, Mo, Mo and Fab and Verge would definitely have taken pens. 
Yeah. Yeah, but a few years ago, we'd have had Jay Spearing and Lucas actually having to take penalties. <laughs> hey, hey, we won a penalty shootout with Jay Spearing. Disrespect him. Put some respect on his name. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be fucking Cardiff with Jay Spearing. <laughs> uh, Fuck's sake. Thank you. Thank you, Klopp and the lads. <laughs> God, someone, someone put the team out from when we lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup. And fuck, I saw it. Fuck I me. <laughs> anyway, penalty shootout. Stephen, your mate Dave, or as Pilquetta, I don't know why. I, I know he's the captain, but to take the second penalty just feels a bit strange because he's, he's only been subbed on... They have Reese James, Jorginho, obviously, is, well, a bit of a weird penalty taker, but him going second is a bit of a weird one for me. I think the mayor just went, he's captain, he'll take a big responsibility, but hit the post, went wide. I think Ali may have, got, may have saved it if it was on target as well, but, yeah, uh, Aspil quite a misses. I hate the fact he plays for Chelsea. He's a player I have loved for years and years and mm, years. I, I wanted know. to see him play at a good team like Milan. Well, not, not Chelsea. Not Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he rolled up to take the second penalty, I was like, "Oh, he's, he's not going to score." Mm. It just, I, I don't know. He just, he doesn't look like he's going to score a penalty. Whereas, we'll get on to our out. You know, the Alby fan club has moved on to Costas. We'll get on to him later. You know, it was very different. Um, Speak for yourself. But yeah, I don't know. And to be fair, when you rewatch it back, even if it's inside the post, Ali's got it, I think. I don't think mm. it was a problem at all. It was a terrible penalty. Yeah. But, but good. Um, and then Tiago, just he, that narky fucker also has got gigantic balls. <laughs> Set a bollocks on him. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite a Penenka, right? But there's something about waiting till the goalkeepers jump the It's almost way. Jorginho-ish, but not shit. Yeah, and just like, <laughs> like as you're having a lie down, mate, I'm going to roll it in the other corner. The yeah. news. Loved it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Reese James hits one straight down the middle. Boring. Bobby, I can't remember where Bobby... Was Bobby the one where... Me, yeah, he, he basically sat down Mendy, and Mendy saved it, if I remember. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it was as close to the left-hand post as you can actually get without hitting the post, wasn't it? Mm. Beautiful the Bobby one. No, the oh, Bobby one. But I think that's the one where Mendy kind of dipped down and then couldn't spring up. Is that, I think I'm thinking that correctly. Um, he get, yeah, he gets a fingertip, but he's never saving it. I think he might have if he didn't if he didn't get fall forward. Um, Barkley yeets it forward. The word I'm going. And Trent set a bollocks on him. Cool as you like. Jorginho doesn't do his stupid skip thing because he's boring. Uh, Trev. I think everyone thought Mane was just going to score because well, he's done it for he's done it for Senegal this season a couple of times. Yeah, it was kind of a shit penalty. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was weird because it it had like a big flashing neon narrative sign on top of it, and everyone was expecting it to happen. And it was lovely the way things had worked out that you know we had the chance to win it within the five. Yeah, but it wasn't to be, and like. <sighs> Yeah, it's the wrong height. It's the wrong place. It's 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 save. It's a savable pen mm. if the keeper goes the right way, and that's what it turned out to be. But 
I love how dramatically the tide swung back in our favour uh, very quickly after that because I don't know about you, but I was envisaging, you know, have we blown it now or is this going to be another one that goes like 11 or 12 penalties each? I certainly didn't see it getting over the line as quickly as it did. Yeah, I would straight... I stood wait, you mean? We're pissing this off. That's basically how I went. I did full, full 180. I went, we've lost after the Barney one. Ziyech then hits a, a smashing penalty bottom right, if I remember correctly. Jota just puts it top bins, cool as you like. Everyone's like, I couldn't use it a minute ago, Mane. Then, Trev, I'll stick with you. Ali... The holy goalie. We talked about it just before we started recording. He did a prayer on the ball every every time there was a penalty. Yeah. It's a it's a huge save against Mount. Yeah, and he made a point of handing the ball to his teammate each time and uh little bit of little things like that make a difference. But you know what? Uh that is an absolutely outrageous save because it's a one hander mm. and to have the strength to keep the ball out with that one hand just shows you like what how good he is. And, you know, I'm sorry, like, I know a lot of people, you know, I know both of you were talking about what a good footballer Mason Mount is, but he just, he's a total Chelsea head on him for me. And he's got, like, a, a, at least an acceptable haircut now, but when he used to have that wedge thing, he was just one of the most annoying, annoying humans I can actually possibly uh, get my head around, you know. Oh, Trev, I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan of that. Oh, I can't deal. I can't deal with that. There's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of terrible lads on that team, I would think. And for me, he'd be high amongst them. Azpilicueta is a terrible lad, in my opinion. Uh, Rhys James, I would imagine, is a terrible lad. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I've li- literally no sympathy for this lad as a result of that. Ali's uh, save is absolutely outrageous. And, of course, then Guy we're building to. Looking at our late, late substitute stepping up, and with a chance then to win it after, like, you had just been thinking, we fucked it. And within two kicks of a ball, it's, it's turned back around. It's fantastic. Before you go on to the final penalty, can I just say one more thing on Ali? Yeah. Please do, yeah. It, it was like my Hulk mentioned before. Do not think as, as he's diving towards the ball, it seems like he grows like three times the size of a normal goalkeeper. He just seems absolutely humongous. Yeah. As he's saving it. Like, just his entire being, he, he just, I don't know, as soon as he goes the right way, it was like, he's not getting it past Ali because there's literally nowhere to get it past him. It's yeah. almost like, you look at Mendy, who's fucking massive, and he, he almost made himself smaller, apart from the Mane one, but if you went the right way, you were always saving the Mane one. Well, actually, look- I thought I thought what Mendy was doing, shuffling across the goal over and back, actually... Because we had a really, uh, we had a sort of a a side on angle on the goal, it made him look fucking massive. He, uh, he, he is, he's he is, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like, just I think the way he was like crouch, basically crouching up and down, he just made himself when he's massive. He literally just he dives one side, he's got the whole thing covered basically, unless it's top bins. But yeah, whereas Ali, Ali is a huge human being, but. I don't know, he just seemed to make himself bigger. Maybe it's the one-on-one technique stuff, but yeah, it is two really good goalkeepers, but Ali, different stratosphere, as we said earlier. But, I mean, Trev, you said they're almost un- unlikely heroes in, in the Cups for us this season. I mean, Kelleher got us the win in the League Cup by, by scoring a fucking penalty. And now our backup left-back, who came on at whatever minute it was, 
the hundred and eleventh minute he got subbed on. Costa Marino. Don't yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just an unlikely hero. It's but it's we. I'd never felt more confident watching a bloke take a penalty, and I have no idea why. Because I've seen him take one. Up. That was in the Hoover Cup final. Yeah, I, I think I think it's because of the way that reversal went. Like it, the, we had the momentum; it got taken away. We had the, the 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 slump of like, oh, have we fucked it? And I was back in our hands again. And there's something about this lad. Uh, you don't feel like, and I, I, I know kind of the 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 Moreno joke is there, but there's something about Costas where you think, is he a bit daft? And if he is a bit daft, like he's clearly an excellent footballer. But yeah. he, he has a little bit of that Moreno daftness to him where you just felt, well, he's not going to be nervous. He doesn't like, feel pressure, no. Yeah, he, 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 like, he's just going to do the best that he can do. And if he does the best that he can do, we, we all know her, how accurate he can be when he's swinging a crossover. Uh, so, yeah, you're right, guy. I was confident too. I was going, this could, this could be the winner right here. And it's an absolute beaut of a penalty, if we're being fair. It really is. It really Trev, is. Trevor, I love him. I think Simicast is wonderful. There's he there's, is. There's something about the when he crosses the ball, it just it just goes to Bobby's head. And yeah. I am the head of the Bobby fan club. I am also vying for with Guy for the head of the Costas fan club because he he's basically Albie, who we all loved, but not a mad shit and actually good at football. <laughs> Well, that's Stephen uh, off the next podcast. <laughs> I was just going to say, no. lucky mate. <laughs> Our next Guy. season, the League Cup and FA Cups in the bin. <laughs> Guy knows how much I love Albie. He's no. just he's just Albie Mott too, how but better. You. How dare you? He, and, do you know what? There's there's some. He just he was so cool. He turned. He he walked up and smashed it in. But Costas also looks like probably the second best night out if you went out of any of the players after Bobby. You'd have a wild night drinking. Bobby's tame now. I remember, f- remember, Fat Bobby in pre in pre season when he come back chubby. <laughs> that was. The <laughs> <best>. <laughs> yeah, you say you say Bobby's tame. I think Bobby was having a couple of Bacardi breezers on the bench, safe in the knowledge it that explain, was not... it wouldn't explain his performance. Hundred <laughs> percent, because he was he was so bad when he came on. <laughs> I, I just I just assumed he was a bit drunk. Yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> He was either too he was too drunk or too sober. There's a mix there's somewhere in between for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, right. we win the quad, Bobby is the last Liverpool fan in the world to sober up. Well, we literally just pay his wage in whiskey, I presume. As um, Steve says, weekend Bobby. We saw weekend yeah. Bobby today, but he got his pen and that's literally all that matters. <laughs> Oh, someone's just put in the thing where Mil- Milner can't watch the last penalty. Oh, that is such a good shot. Wow, look at that. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but, lads, I mean, Trevor, I'll come to you. I mean, the FA Cup, I mean, you, you did the Glory Days pod well, whilst we were doing it earlier in the season. We probably should have yeah. done the final, but we kind of forgot. Um, it's weird because our club doesn't have this huge relationship with the FA Cup. I mean, to to prove that point, Klopp is the first Liverpool manager to win all the big cups. I mean you can't really I'm sure lads won like the Cup Winners Cup and stuff like that back in the day, but obviously Klopp can't win that now. But Klopp's the first one to win all the big ones. And I was shocked because I'd I'd imagine Paisley would have won all of them. I know Shankly didn't win the European Cup. 
but it's not a cup that our club's overly in love with. But I mean, 2006, I'm sure everyone loved, but this was it was nil nil, but it was such a almost glorious game because it in its madness. But I don't know. This season, it's almost made me fall back in love with the domestic cup scene as we kind of fucked them off for a good few years now. Yeah, there seems to be. You know what it was, guy, for a long time. It was like. It would be lovely to go for these if you had the squad depth, uh, which Manchester City have, despite the fact that they bullshit about how they don't. But we never had that. So there were cynical decisions made, uh, and they didn't suit everybody, but they suited most of us who understood what was going on in terms of, like, you have to prioritise. And Klopp went, well, the Premier League and Champions League are our priorities, and that worked out very nicely for us. Thank you very fucking much. However, uh, now that we've got a big squad, we can take this comparatively seriously to very seriously. And when we got deep into these competitions, these domestic competitions, you could see this, the, the seriousness with which we were approaching them because the reality of silverware is huge. And like we're here doing this pod now, and Liverpool have won their second trophy of the season. And this is uh, not something that you can allow to just dwindle off like a, a sentence that means nothing that means a hell of a lot because you're getting the all these players in this fantastic squad of ours are getting a, a feeling for winning together and in the early days of anything like that it just makes you hungrier and hungrier and it's just it's massive you're right like in recent years the last decade it's an actual decade since we were in the final uh, when Kenny got us there, uh, and I honestly think if Kenny wasn't at the club, we wouldn't have had a chance to get near the final uh, or getting that League Cup over the line. It's just mm-hmm. the magic that that guy brought to the club because he, he's he's magic. Uh, but there's a different. It's not. It's it is a different attitude. Let's just be fucking plain and honest about it. It is a different attitude for whatever anybody says. The word weakened teams went out in the past in domestic competitions but we can't really feel that much of a weak team now because we have so many good footballers through our ranks and that has stood to us and that has stood to the club and we are on an evening here where the second domestic trophy of the year is over the line that is absolutely outrageous and it should be celebrated guy because uh, whether you think the domestic cups have any real merit or if you want to dismiss them like I would have dismissed them when City were winning them because we can't compete in that at the moment, so it's got no merit. But when you can't, and it's a trophy, do you think get the way the, the manner of that victory tonight? Do you not think that's going to have a massive knock-on effect for the remainder of the season, regardless of whether we have a couple of lads injured? Because everyone's going to be hungry now. I think it's magic. It's absolutely magic, guy. And the thing is, two more. It's two more to get our hands on. We're, in, con- we're in control of one. We need a West Ham miracle. Fuck it. David Moyes miracle. Fuck West Ham. <laughs> um, but if we go, if we, it's a weird, it's a almost depressingly shit question, but I'll ask it. If this is our season's lot, it'd be a weird feeling, Trev, but would, it, would that be enough for this season for the team no. we've had? No, it'd be shit. I, 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 I've, 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 I've had these, I've overheard these conversations at work. And I'll be honest with you, I, I've dismissed people who talk like that as absolute fannies, and I don't care, right? I, I want all these fucking trophies. I want all of them. I want the league, and I don't care what ridiculous uh, combination of things have to happen until they can't happen. 
I want them to fucking happen. And I want that Champions League. And I want to kick the shit out of Real Madrid in the final. Not just squeak past them. I want to fucking absolutely hammer them. I want this team of ours to establish itself as absolute legends in the club's history. Because there's still people out there who are talking shit about their comparative merits. So yeah, no, it won't be enough. It just won't be enough. We need the last two and we definitely need to win in Europe because that's in our hands. The one that's not in our hands, I, I'll be like, I'm going to read books on magic during the week to see what kind of bad juju I can send towards West uh, City in the meantime. We need to get this team uh, to be in a position where Henderson's lifting as many trophies as possible because they deserve it. The club deserves it. Uh, we as supporters deserve it. Uh, it's a wonderful time, and I just want to make it, I want to gild it even more with more uh, silver and more uh, golden medals. It, 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 in, in short, guy, no, it's not. We just need more. I do think the domestic cups have been more special this year because we we got to um, set out the score beating Chelsea in two finals in the same year. We, you know, we beat Arsenal, we beat City. I think the fact we've beat some of the so-called top six clubs in finals, in semis, <clears throat> we've, you know, stamped our, maybe not, well. yeah, maybe not stamped our authority in every game, but we've come out on top right against those clubs and we haven't just had to beat Stoke or Wigan. Um, I think mm. that makes these seasons even more special that we've had such, such big, was dramatic, it brilliant games. Was it, Bar- was it, was it Barry? Was it, it was someone. Someone yeah. with a B, I can't remember, but they beat them in the semi-final like 6-0. It was, didn't they beat Watford 1-0 in the final like 6-0 as well? It's it's yeah. weird, but I think... We've got a beat... final with a goal, with our second choice goalkeeper scoring the winning goal. Like this year yeah. is, this year is special. And I'm, I'm with Trev, I've been banging the quadruple drum all season. If we only get the treble, I'll only be a teeny bit disappointed because we fucking owe Madrid. We owe them for concussing Carrius and trying to break Mo's arm. And we owe the arrogant shits for those 14 t-shirts they wore. Yep. So, to me, I really want the Premier League, but I dislike Real Madrid so much, I want to beat them more than anything right now. And I want the best, the, the, the best heavy metal, angry, tearing them down from the first, second version of Clocks Liverpool possible because they will just shit themselves. They absolutely will. They absolutely will. I ain't champion thing is if we win the Champions League and City whatever if we win the Champions League, no one gives a fuck about the Premier League. Unless we win it and it's a quadruple, nobody'll give a toss that City won another Premier League. Because they can take the shit Tony Cruz statue and fuck off. <laughs> uh, apparently Klopp has said about Salah and Van Dijk I think both will be fine and that is basically the perfect fucking send off for this podcast Scott. it is we had two We had two negative things <laughs> and they've both been resolved by the fucking end of the podcast fan fucking tastic lads I mean, any last thoughts or plugs I mean, Stephen I'll start with you Trent's 23 and he's won every trophy he can win in club it's football smashing isn't it He's all right, him, isn't he? He's all right. Trev, anything from you? Uh, yeah, I've got, I've still got a chance to say this, so I'm going to say it. First of all, listen to everything on Anfield Index or Anfield Index Pro. If you're new to the to the channel, and this is your first show. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And second, 
it's still possible. So up the fucking four trophy reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.